Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I am one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. Welcome to the second annual Married with Movies Hurricane Movieathon, where we misquote movies and then quote them right the second time. What? I don't know, because I messed it up the first time and then I did it right the second time. When you just did that I am group thing. That's not, they don't hear that. I don't know. I don't listen to this show. Yeah, you. In a hundred, almost 160 episodes, how many episodes have you actually listened to? Like three. I don't have the time, and I hate the sound of my own voice. I'm sure many people out there would agree. It makes two of us. Yeah. We should, like, hire somebody to be you. Mm, there's no one who can be me, baby. <laughs> I'm an original. Uh-huh. Um, one of a kind. I think we totally missed it um, by... Probably over a month. Let me look. Yeah, it's been over a month and a half since we hit our three-year anniversary on this podcast, by the way. Yay! Happy three-year anniversary! I was thinking about... I don't know how it came up. Like, I realized it a couple weeks ago, and we haven't recorded. Sorry we missed last week, by the way. Um, This is September 9th, 2017. Next week's episode will also be September 9th, 2017, because of Hurricane Irma, but we'll get there in a minute. Um, But I was doing something, I'm like, oh yeah, our three-year anniversary's... Already passed. So we've been doing this for over over three years. It feels like it's been like a decade. We've watched, I can tell you exactly how many movies we've watched. Because um, it's not based on like how many podcasts we've done. Because of course we've had multiple um, multiple movies in certain episodes with their sequels and stuff. But I track on IMDb every movie we've watched. We've watched 183 movies here on the podcast. So I think we are like... Over ten percent done with our collection. No, we're about we're about twelve percent, I think. Probably. Twelve percent. I don't have like an updated number on like how many we have. Well, but. since we are in a hurricane. No. 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 Huh? I'm not gonna go up there and count every movie. I'm, what else you know, are you gonna do? Because oh, I have to count all the thirty for thirties, and I don't know how many of them I split. It's like impossible to count it now. It just doesn't work. I'd have to go in and count each individual card. So we get to work. If you're new here, the cards we're referring to is the giant pencil box of index cards that has written down every single movie that we own. Uh, we randomly select the movie, like today's movie, or we nominate them back and forth one another to watch. And then we discuss our lives, and we discuss the movies, and we talk about it right here. Um, again, September 9th, Hurricane 2017. Irma. Hurricane Irma is uh, hitting Florida as we speak. We are in Orlando, of course, last year with Matthew. Um, we watched The House of Sand and Fog, we watched the Saw movies, it was just a fun old time here in the, uh, the mullet household, which is why we watched The Ides of March, um, which I did not want to do, but 
Samantha made a good point. We wanted to get consistent. Want to get through it. Want to get through it. it. Um, and thankfully, our our roof didn't spring a leak. Um, even though yet. nothing's happened yet. The hurricane's um, not supposed to be here till tomorrow. So. Yeah, so hopefully you're hearing this. Hopefully in enough, I have enough time to edit this. I really should get this Suburban Commando, which is next week's episode for Podslam, and uh, my other Podswoggle edited like tomorrow morning or tonight, just so it's done while I have power and the capabilities of doing so. That's just a note for me. Uh, we hope if you... Edit mullet. No, no, no. If, if you're here in Florida, we hope you're being safe. We hope you're... You know, this, this, if, if you've never lived in Florida before, man, this time of year just fucking suck. We got so accustomed to not having to worry about it. Like, our entire time in Gainesville, basically, like, once we moved to Gainesville, it ceased to be, I think we had one. It was, like, bare. But, I mean, you don't get anything in Gainesville. You get, like, tropical storms or, um, uh, you know, like, a lot of wind and rain, which is basically all we're probably going to get here. All we got last year. Last year it looked like it was going right over us, and at one point it looked like it was going right over us again this year. Now it looks like it's, you know, our family, um, you know, our some of our best friends have had to move around and shuffle. My sister now, being in Tampa, is, um, as I speak, drunk and high. Um, <laughs> I mean, that could really surround- be... At any point in time. Surrounded in her big concrete condo, probably the safest place in fucking Tampa is my sister's condo. Um, She's probably having like a hurricane party for everyone in her building. Oh, there's a picture of her on Facebook uh, smoking a cigar with alcohol in her hands just a couple hours ago, so she's fine. She used to, with her dad, she used to sit on the the patio of their apartment as hurricanes were going on outside and just fucking watch the thing. She's she's untouchable. (laughs) She's a badass. She's untouchable. Unbreakable. Unbreakable. See? Where we quote movies wrong and then do it right the second time. Or we just get the name, the gist and the title of the movies wrong. Untouchable would mean that she has a terrible accent uh, and is Sean Connery. Because in that movie, Sean Connery plays like, what is Sean Connery? He's Scottish? Yeah. He's Scottish? He plays like, I don't remember, like a totally different accent. And he somehow won an Oscar and it's like one of the worst accents in the history of fucking film. Well... If that is the criteria, pave the streets in gold for all the Oscars you're going to get. I would, I would be the Meryl Streep of... <laughs> I'm the Meryl Streep of bad impressions. Let me tell you what. But, um, yeah, nothing else going on. Uh, like I said, we did record. We wanted to record something lighter earlier on in the day. So uh, next week's episode's already in the can. We haven't done that in a, in a while. Had the episodes kind of be out of order, but... Of course, coming up on the horizon in two short weeks from today, two sh- in two weeks from when we're recording this, is Pod Slam 2017 <sighs> Podcast Marathon Benefiting Connor's Cure. So next week's episode is going to be wrestling related. Go to arcadeaudio.net slash podslam for donation and tickets now. Unfortunately, we can't be there, but we are here to uh, still give you some movie, uh, movie expertise and fun. Uh, so there's other things we discussed on next week's episode. Um, you know, you'll get that. Let's get into the, uh, the movie for today. The Ides of March, a film neither one of us have seen before. Mm-hmm. Did we get expectations on the back? We did. Okay, good. Um, go right ahead, Samantha, as I find the card I just threw for no fucking reason. Because you're Jillian. All right. Okay. The Ides of March. George Clooney is exceptional, says Peter Travers of Rolling Stone. A pulse racing thriller, says Peter Travers of Rolling Stone. He's the only one who reviewed this Not movie. Not a good sign. 
Ambition seduces and power corrupts in a nerve-wracking thriller from Academy Award-nominated director George Clooney, Good Night and Good Luck, 2005. Idealistic campaign worker Stephen Myers, Ryan Gosling, has sworn to give all for Governor Mike Morris, Clooney, a wild-card presidential candidate whose groundbreaking ideas could change the political landscape. However, a brutal Ohio primary threatens to test Morris's integrity. Stephen gets trapped in the down-and-dirty battle and finds himself caught up in a scandal where the only path to survival is to play both sides. The all-star cast includes Philip Seymour Hoffman, Paul Giamatti, Marissa Tomei, and Evan Rachel Wood. Love me a good political thriller. Uh, we've had a couple of them here in the podcast, and I th- we've talked about them in the past. Um, I pose the question to you. Is this a good political thriller? Um... So political thriller, not my forte. No, but you were the one. Not my cup of tea, but I really wanted to You were the one that really wanted to watch this because it, you're a female and George Clooney and Ryan Gosling are, are in it. Um, I was just about to say something really inappropriate, then I remember this is a family-friendly podcast. What were you going to say? I'll bleep it if necessary. No, I'm not going to say it now. I'm really embarrassed. I don't want everyone to know. Is it something about like, your pussy wet or something? Yes. Yeah, okay. Something along those lines. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I have no shame. I'll say it out loud. Well, the cover itself—it's a very famous cover—is you know the two of their faces like oh, yes, melded I'm, together. I'm familiar with the cover. Ah, I thought this smelled a certain way. That's weird. I, I don't know. And not really physically possible. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how this works. We have a kid. And I don't know how this works. <laughs> Is this a good political thriller? I think so. You seem to disagree. I think it's an okay political thriller. I'm not very well versed in all the political thrillers. I mean, we... Um, it, just, it was just kind of there for me. Great performances. Like you said at the beginning when we saw the cast, big swinging dicks. Big swinging dicks. You can't do it um, with multiples. Hey. Big dicks. <laughs> there you go. Shout out to Big Poppy. Big Poppy. Um, yeah, you got fucking how many Academy Award nominations and wins alone? Well, wins, I think you got two, three. Clooney. Clooney won one for, for act, acting. Clooney, Hoffman, and Tomei <laughs> each have one. Gosling's been nominated at least twice, maybe three times. Clooney's got another. Three or four. Yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman had three or four. Giamatti's yeah. got a couple. Yeah. Tomei had another extra. Jeffrey Wright. And, and then Rachel there's Wood Evan solid. Rachel Wood. Evan Rachel Wood. Did she get nominated for something? I don't know. No. Um, I don't know what it was. I, 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 like As the movie was progressing, I couldn't I know what it was. What? It was centered around Ohio. No. <laughs> and you've, you're bound and determined to... to you That's know, distance yourself it. from everything That's that has to do with Ohio. Hey, how do you feel about Kyrie Irving leaving the Cavs? Can we, we're talking about the Ides of March, uh-huh, okay? Uh-huh. So we're not discussing that. I just, <laughs> I, think it, I think it was very well acted. I think it had some some really good dialogue. I thought it, I was, thought it had excellent thought dialogue. It was, I thought it was a solid script. It just kind of lacked... I think it got a little too, um, a little too, I'm trying, what's the right word I'm looking for? A little too unbelievable for me? 
Why would it be unbelievable? Uh, just the snowball, the snowball of the of the overdose and and the action afterward. I don't know. Like, do I do I believe that these kind of things probably happen? Like this behind the scenes power struggle and its fucking politics. Uh, even among the Democrats and not the Republicans? Yeah, of course. Then, yeah, of, of course it does. I mean... But to this extent, I don't know, like... A lot of the political thrillers also that I've watched are reality-based. They're based on true stories. Right. All the President's Men, Spotlight, um, yeah, this Good means- Night and Good Luck. Uh, that's not even really a thrill, but, like, all these political... They're all based Political on dramas. Dramas. Whatever. They're all based around true events, and you're able to identify with it, and I'm able to enjoy it more because It gives you, like, another side of the story. Yeah, it, it, it shines a spotlight on something that really happened, and I can be like, wow, what a time. I can't imagine, and it, it highlights it. This, I know, isn't real, so they feel like Hollywood tropes to me. They feel like... But they're based in reality. Tell me those things haven't happened. D- tell me, I mean, tell me what, it's, tell it's, me what intern overdosed because... I'm sure that there's like, been some. I know. I'm sure that there's been one. I just... I'm sure. I mean, it, it, it's... Those things it, made it, it feel very outside, fake to me. Okay, it's outside of the realm of possibility. Would they all happen like that? No. Would these same characters? Maybe not. But I think also would all the, those happen in a campaign? I think also my problem trip? is that I, I really enjoyed the movie, the first half of it, and then as those things developed is when I started to enjoy it less. I I don't know. And I, it I became mean this, sensationalized. And this... Okay. I could see that. It became sensationalized. But this is um 101 minutes. I honestly could have done with a... Like twenty more minutes, make it a good two hours and develop more into it. Not the no 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 snowballing no. part, but the things I really enjoyed about this movie were developing the dynamic between like the characters, uh, the characters. I that I agree with. Yeah, that you I know, agree just with. just more of that stuff. I think would have been because here's my on the other side of it. The first half that I enjoyed, my complaint about that would be. That that stakes didn't feel high enough, so I was waiting for something to kick in, and then when it kicked in, I wasn't happy in how it kicked in either. Like I wanted to be kicked in with, you know, obviously there's going to be it's politics. There's going to be some kind of scandal. There's going to be something that like snaps and happens, um, but the choice that was made for it didn't hold my interest. So I was then a little dissatisfied with how we got to that point because okay. it seemed very small potatoes, even though it was like the Democratic fucking ticket of the presidency. And then afterwards, it felt like the stakes were too high. Um, and Ryan Gosling was just bug-eyed the whole rest of the movie. Um, like his eyes were opened. No, but like... like No, 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 but his eyes... Yeah, from the it's moment... metaphorical From the moment, well. spoiler alert, that Evan Rachel Wood was found dead in her hotel room, Ryan, like Ryan Gosling's face... like I think it was intentional. <laughs> it, was com- it was a little too comedic. Because, again... This really is a tale of two movies to me, because for him, for instance, he's not my MVP or my LVP, um, but, like, the first half of the movie, he was just, like, way too smug and Ryan Gosling for me. Like, he kept, like, smiling through scenes I didn't feel like he was needed to smile through. Okay. And in the second half of the movie, he just had this, like, one eyes kind of squinted, the other eyes, like, going crazy, like, there's a Bell's palsy face. Um, no offense, but this is what a Bell's palsy, okay. Bell's palsy has. And it was just, like, f- silly to me. And then the final 20 minutes, he's just stone-faced, 
soul sucked out of his yeah. life, even though yeah. he gets everything well, happened I mean, to him. I think it's and supposed it's, to represent what politics does and all of this. I know. Could they make different choices? Yes. I know. Uh, you know, I don't... Is that a how the character was written? Is that a direction? So would it be a director's he fault? Does, would it be Ryan Gosling as an actor's fault? Even though he well, could the do director's that? Clooney. I know. Clooney's had an up and down directing history. The second Clooney movie we've done because we did um. Good night, and good luck. Good night, and good luck. Um, Clooney, and, Clooney, and Gosling are both multiple time MVP winners. If I, I have to consult the sheet here in a second to see what we got going on. Um, and I'm sure. It's not in the last movie of either of them, and I'm no, sure no, no, that no. they will have many more. I, f- I feel that is a Gosling thing, because I feel he makes these decisions in certain movies, and because of who he is, he's able to get by with them. And sometimes they're perfect, like in Drive. Sometimes they're not. Like in this, like in parts of uh, Gangster Squad, for instance. I'm just off oh, the top we'll of my there. head. I know. We'll get there. Um... Those things, you know, just kind of stick out to me. He's somebody okay. that does certain things, you know. I mean, he's he's very committed. He he has the characters. He's that person. He he takes on that role fully. And, and he like, also surrounded right. by, I would put, well, almost all these actors ahead of him in terms of skill. Well, Not that that's a bad experience. thing. And experience. He's also how. He's also way younger. He's been in way less. Sure, 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 sure. I'm just at I'm least just, things of substance. I'm I mean, saying, Jesus Christ, is he in the other room? Is he hearing me? I wouldn't be here if he was ears, in the other room. I wouldn't be here if he was in the other room. This would be a very different podcast. Um, I think that it. He's still learning, and he's still you know. But oh, he's a, he's to, a he's a great actor. He's like a great actor. he's a good he's really good at what he does. I'm just saying. Okay. Certain you just times, want to make sure that we're clear. Yeah, no, he he's a two time MVP. I'm pretty sure. Okay, good. Um, what I did like was how relevant this felt, hmm. and how topical this felt. Um, even, even what six like, years ago? Yeah, 2011. 2011. Six years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like this will always be. Oh, Topical making, and relevant. I was making sure Ryan Gosling's on my list. Ryan Gosling is number one and George Clooney's number two on my list. So, you know, cool. They, I did not have to edit that for this podcast. Great. Um, it felt real time. Actually, I, um, I'm, I might nominate it soon, so spoiler, but this to me felt like a, a fictionalized version of The War Room, which I don't think I've referenced before. But the War Room um, I bought recently. I actually watched it in school twice. Um... And it's actually ended up being a Criterion selection. And I bought it after, um, I bought it in the midst of the election last year. It is a fantastic documentary about the Clinton campaign team in 1992, led by um, James Carville and uh, I think Paul Begott was there as well. Mm-hmm. The whole Crossfire clan. Um, and it's, it's fantastic. It is awesome. It's one of my favorite documentaries. Um, it's only like one of the only things I ever really like watched in school and was like, that was actually really good. Um, this has a lot of the same elements to it. So I enjoyed that aspect of it. Once, okay. well, once we got into fucking fiction, then, you know, I kind of, it petered out for me a little bit. Okay. But for you, you don't feel that way. You. I enjoyed it. You enjoyed it. Had this been, uh, I think, 
Well, I enjoyed it, yes, because Ryan Gosling and George Clooney were in it. But I also enjoyed it because Philip Seymour Hoffman's in it, and he does a great job. I liked the acting. I liked the story. And unlike, yes, okay, I agree it became very sensationalized, but I didn't think that that was too far outside the realm of reality, especially in terms of politics and when it's this high up, it's governors and interns and Let me clarify. presidential campaigns. I don't think it was too far out of there. I just feel like the way it was delivered wasn't... I didn't think they did a good job hitting it home. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I, a little bit too far, but not like, oh my god, this is like the biggest fucking... Also, it snowballed too fast for me. Like you said, those extra 20 minutes, not that I really wanted this to go on much longer, because again, I, I was kind of you know, one way or another with it. I think that this movie, like, we talk sometimes about movies that are too long. They could have cut that time. This could have benefited from adding that time. I think then it would not have felt as rushed. Sure. Um, was there anything you didn't like? Not really. Not really? Nothing particular? No, nothing, like, sticks out right now. Another thing I will say is, um, to me in parts, it felt a little over-directed. Clooney, you know, you see this sometimes in actors, like uh, the scene where uh, he's giving a speech and Gosling and uh, Hoffman are talking behind the American flag and they're like blacked out and stuff. I was like, that's just a scene that's trying to look cool that's distracting you from the substance of the dialogue. Okay. Um, there's certain shots, like at the end, you know, it's it's a very, very, not Bush League, but it's not something a seasoned director would do. You know, the like the 180 earpiece going in the ear, following him around, ending on the tight shot of the face. Mm-hmm. You know, like that feels very first time directory, look how fucking cool I am type stuff. Like that took me out of certain scenes that were good, but because of what Clooney, how Clooney was presenting them. Okay, I know. did see that. Um,. Also, a lack of a discernible soundtrack to me. Like, normally, like, you get some big sweeping orchestral, like, yeah. it either heightens the tension of these things, or, you know, and to me, like, I, don't, I couldn't even tell you, like, one arrangement. Not that I'm, like, a virtuoso of goddamn fucking, you know, political thriller musical arrangements, but, you know. Really? Sometimes that I was get, it, That was in your minor in school? Yeah, verbatim. <laughs> Um, but sometimes, like, those help, you know, get you into the intrigue. I'm not going to rub your foot. Get it out of my face. It's not in your face. Get it out of my, my... Get out of the way of my drinking water. I put my mouth on this. To drink. You put Have your a mouth tickle on my throat. nasty things, too. I kiss you every morning, don't I? Don't spit that out. I was expecting you to say worse and somebody said something tame and I still almost spit. I want to clear, uh, correct myself. Ryan Gosling is actually only a one-time MVP on the podcast. I think we've only done a couple movies of his. So. We've done... Crazy Stupid Love. I think it actually was it. i saying when you've done this so long, we've watched 183 fucking movies, it's hard to remember. They, they start to run together. Exactly. It's okay. We've got a lot of Ryan Gosling movies up there. Great. Um, Clooney is a two-time MVP. Um, and I'm looking to see if we have anybody else... Philip Seymour from Hoffman? this movie, I think this actually might be our first Philip Seymour Hoffman movie. Well, the, uh, definitely not our last as well. No. Um, 
well, let's get, we're already talking about it, so let's let's kind of power rank the big uh, the big seven here. I will say my LVP. I could make a case for one of the seven, but is not one of the seven. If we want to like discern. Oh, it's the, that Ben guy. It's Max Mangala. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't ever really like him. I like him in the Social Network. I really like him in the Social Network. I like him in the Social Network, but in this, he stood out a little bit to me as like. You're just kind of distracting in here because your dad's famous. Anthony, Anthony Mangala, he's a former Academy Award winning director. Uh, he directed The English Patient, I think. Oh. He directed also maybe The Talented Mr. Ripley. I hope I got that right. I'm almost positive he did The English Patient. I'm going to keep talking like this till I confirm it. And yeah, I know you're already looking for it, but you don't know how to spell Mangala, so I'm going to beat you to it. <laughs> and I'm, um, got it on my thing right there, and he directed, yep, English Patient, and The Talented Mr. Ripley. Oh, and he's possibly to be nominated for The Reader. Um, so just because your dad directed The Reader, God rest his soul, you're LVP. I, I will you. say. I hate you so much. I will say. You're the worst. That my runner-up for the LVP would be George Clooney. I'm sorry, what? Out of the seven, he I was I don't think. I feel Clooney was phoning this in. I think he was phoning this performance in. It's really difficult to be a director and a performer. Wouldn't you know that firsthand? Yeah, that's why I didn't fucking do it. I gave some... I'm like, I don't want to do this part. Give it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Up, the only thing he did that I enjoyed was when he gets the call from Molly's cell phone. He has a... a like. Him in that scene afterwards, like, scanning the room and his face and the worry, that was very good. That say Up until that point, he was my LVP. Because he's just being bored, presidential Clooney. That's like, what he's supposed to be. No, but, like... He's playing a <coughs> presidential candidate. How else would you have him behave? No, what I'm saying is, like... No, no, I didn't mean that. I meant, like, he seems bored to me. And he's having to, and he's being presidential. He's in Ohio doing <laughs> debates. Fuck you. Wouldn't you be bored? I didn't get any... Of the char- uh, the charismatic, coolest guy in the room, Clooney, which I felt he could have brought to that part. He could have brought to that part, but it's real hard to be the coolest guy in the room when you got the coolest guy in the room, Ryan Gosling, also bringing the charismatic style to it. George Clooney is always and forever cooler than Ryan Gosling. Well, I know. I um, mean... But he would be, I mean, Evan Rachel Wood, Wood would be number six. And she wasn't bad, I don't think. I just feel like she was a little outclassed in her scenes. Like, that's those are the scenes that Gosling shown in. Also because she basically, you know, this wasn't, both female parts really weren't written very yeah. well. Right. Yeah. You know, you have the they, annoying they, reporter, and then you have basically the fuck pot. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it it did not. This movie did not do any favors to women. Well, it was written by three dudes, and one of them was George Clooney. Well, this is, movie did not do any favors to women. Yeah. What? Who is what? George Clooney's been inside more vaginas than the things that give pap smears. Not anymore. George Clooney has been inside more vaginas not since anymore. he's been married than the the clamps no. for pap smears. No. No. Samantha. He's look, got look at daughters that now. I'm sure he does. This doesn't change anything. Oh, it doesn't. I'm not talking about me. Don't put that on me. I'm not going to get in trouble off of George Clooney's dick. George Clooney... Is a nice, caring husband Mm -hmm. and a humanitarian who does not write very well for women. George Clooney has seen more pussy than a PetSmart employee. (laughs) He's... 
He knows what he's doing. But he he would him and Evan Mitchell would of the seven that we're discussing here that are the main titled people would be on my bottom half. And then I would have uh, Marissa Tomei I would put at the I, bottom half because she didn't she didn't really have a lot I to I mean the same thing with Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright would be the, the other one right there. So uh the top three we have left are Gosling, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and Paul Giamatti. I have my dog in the fight. I think we're gonna disagree. I think we're ultimately I'm going to all right, so here's my pitch. It's not Paul Giamatti. I think it is Paul Giamatti. It's not Paul Giamatti. It it's so, not Paul Giamatti. It's not Ryan Gosling. It's Ryan Gosling's number three. It's not Ryan. I don't think it is. It's Philip Seymour I Hoffman. I love Philip Seymour Hoffman. It's Philip Seymour Hoffman. I think he's very good in this. I think he is very straight and narrow in this. You don't get much one way or the other with him. Even his cut down of Ryan Gosling when he's firing him, it's one pitch, it's one cadence, it's to the point, it's not... <clears throat> in the three scenes you get Paul Giamatti, you get a range of things. Just because. Just because my best friend is Paul Giamatti, and he has been for 11 years, means nothing. He is fantastic in this movie. The, the scene where he's pitching him to come over is awesome. The scene where he's apologizing to him for playing him is awesome. I, I, I want to fight this because I feel very strongly in it. I can those, tell. You're so animate. Those scenes, well, because also now I'm thinking of Rich and this is how he talks. Um, those scenes were my favorite scenes of the movie. And Only they because weren't... it reminded you of Rich, who you're going to say. <coughs> no, that's no, that's, <laughs> huh? that's, not, that's not the reason at all. He captured, he touched in, he tapped into mm-hmm. more, more energy and more, not the energy's meaning anything, but everybody else to me felt like they were just being boring. And mon- not monotone, but... I feel like I think Philip Seymour Hoffman is great. I like the scene with him and Gosling at the end, when you know they're you know he wants to probably like rip his fucking head off. But again, was very much in one lane. Pitch me otherwise. Convince me I'm wrong. No, you're fine. It could be Paul Giamatti. I just wanted to see how <laughs> how that. passionate you'd get and what points you would make. But no, Paul Giamatti was good. He did have a different energy level than the others, and you've woken up your daughter, and I'm going to murder you. Um, yeah, so, no, I, I he was enjoyable to watch, and he did bring a different dynamic to the screen when he was on. So I think that, yeah, he's the he's the number one. Every, every negative I said about Philip Seymour Hoffman was strictly just to, to make my case. He is very good in this. He can be that way and still be great. Um, okay, well, if you think that, then no, we he's should not. just make it. Bless you. Oh, you hate when I do it to you. I'm so sorry. I I, never, I thought I didn't know babies could stop themselves from sneezing. They can't, but you cursed her just like I do to you. <coughs> I'm so sorry. I hate when people do that to me. Look what you did to her. Look what you did. Cry, Jillian. I'm sorry. She's like, I wanted to record. Julie, don't you have to sneeze? 
She's gonna... <laughs> she, I did! It's that look she just gave me. Okay. Can we good? Yeah. So that would be the first MVP for Paul Giamatti. Um, of the first of many, I'm sure. Just to kind of update everybody on where we stand on, on all this. So our multiple-time MVPs have been Tim Curry two times, George Clooney two times, Tom Hanks two times, Dustin Hoffman two times, Kevin Hart two times, Michael Keaton two times, um, John Leguizamo two times, Al Pacino two times, Robin Williams two times, Sigourney Weaver two times, and then you have your two four-timers, um, Bill Murray and Samuel L. Jackson. And then for LVPs... Most of those make sense. Yeah. And then your multiple-time LVPs have been Jennifer Connelly and Elijah Wood. Those make sense. <laughs> and the um, the four people, because I actually forgot we had a fourth one, the four who have been both MVP and LVP, Pierce Brosnan, Dom DeLuise, Jason Lee, and Douglas Seal. He was the LVP for Aladdin, and he was the MVP for Ernest Hicks Christmas. These weird crossovers are going to happen. Um, what else in the eyes of March? Do you think you could ever... No. Be in the political... There's way, there's way too much on public record that I've said and done. <laughs> way too much. Actually, something that's RJ, I was re-listening the other day to a, a Potswoggle Drunk History. There's example number one of why I, I could never be. And, um, uh, right after I, I basically pissed and hit RJ... Um, and we put a microphone in his face. He goes, don't let me talk. I'm going to run for president someday. And again, that makes me think of why I could never be. And also I just want to deal with all the bullshit. Like I would just, I, I couldn't do it. I, I yeah. can't, I can't kiss ass. I've never been a kiss ass my entire life. Yeah. Yep. I think everyone's well aware. Like I just, I am not. Um, so like I and I couldn't have like a team of people like I would just do it I would just do it myself <laughs> like that's how I am you know I, that's not how it works though I know but like I wouldn't want to do it because like I I trust people but for this instance like I wouldn't be able to trust anybody because you know everything that I do would be on the up and up it would be fine and then the next thing I know I got some stupid intern overdosing in my fucking hotel room and then it's like well there goes everything. Right. You know, like, I, I, you know, I couldn't do that. Why would but there uh, be an intern in your hotel room? No, staying, not in, uh, uh-huh. staying in the hotel. Uh-huh. As I said at the end, just, because at the end of the movie, there's, like, a new female intern that checks in with the Ben character, and I'm like, just stop hiring female interns. You would not be allowed to have any female interns. My interns would be fucking Tope and Rich and Widden and Augie. Tope doesn't have time for you. And that's exactly why my concern of things getting out, because besides Widden, everyone else has got fucking dirt that's going to get found out. Well, Rich can't be on the team. Rich is at the, the opposing. <laughs> Rich, Rich will definitely be in that bar eating buffalo wings, <laughs> denying he was eating buffalo wings as I go over, as he tries to get me over to the other side. Oh. <coughs> that's exactly what will happen. Yeah. Um. Because also he's good at manipulating me like that in those like in Werewolf and uh, Avalon and Resistance, he's he has used me to his advantage before in those games. I'm sure outside of those games too. Well, all of us in those games, like Augie's very good at that game. Widen yeah, is because Widen is terrible. I at could it. have told you that. Widen, we love you. Widen will tell you to your face. I'm bad at those games. Yeah, because Widen does like to lie to people. Yeah. Never. I don't think we played him with Tope. 
Because Tope, Tope, does Tope really exist? Yes, Tope exists. How many times do you have to see Tope in a year for him to be real? Happy birthday, Tope. He's not a fucking candy man. Like, what? <laughs> All I'm talking. saying is, where's Tope? This is somehow very racist. I don't know. It's how. not racist. I'm just saying it's racist. I miss Tope. Uh-huh. Um, no, I couldn't be in politics. You, I think, would be good at politics. Yeah, I, I could be very good at politics except for all the torrid things in my past. Oh, wait. Thank you, mullet. I mean, you don't talk about your freshman year a lot with me, so we won't get into that. There's no proof of any of that. <laughs> so, I don't know. what. I was fine until I met you. No, I would... Are you saying that I'm a kiss-ass is why I'd be good in politics? No, no, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. I, I, I mean, you are very good at leading. You're good... I mean, all these things are... I am, too, but... I'm better. No. I am way better. I feel you were good at setting up directives and coaching to them and leading them and doing what needs to be done and being... I'm an, I'm an easier boss to work for than you are, which is why I think you'd be a better politician, if that makes sense. Because you're going to hold people accountable better. You're going to crack the whip a little bit more. And I think those are all good things you have to do. And you also, you love a good debate. Don't, I know you do. Like, you will, you do it fucking me all the time when I'm not even trying to have it. Like, you're more Look, programmed. when you're right, you're right. I took speech and debate in school. Uh-huh. You're more programmed that I way. wanted to go to law school. I don't I probably should have been. Well, I do. I care a lot, and that's the difference between us, and that's why I'm a better person. And... That's the end of the argument, apparently. So, great. Thank you for seeing my point. Whatever. Anything else in the Ides of March? No. I think we've tackled it very well. Um, so, again, MVP, Paul Giamatti, LVP, Max Mangala. Uh, it's score time. Uh, I drew it, so I scored first. My expectation score was a six and a half because we've never seen it before. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone can tell it fell below my expectations. Um, didn't, you know... I'm going to give it a six. Like, I I recognize the positives in it. It's just, I think it's an above average movie. I just don't think it's above average very, very far. I think think if the the performances weren't there and the the dialogue wasn't as good as it was. Yeah, I mean, the writing was really good. I don't think we really spent enough time on, on how good the writing is from, like, the speeches... To the dialogues <coughs> to and everything. I mean, I yeah. think that it was really well written. I think it was just Except a, for the female parts. a misshapen plot that was very male-driven and but just overall didn't is. hold my attention. Like, all that good dialogue aside, it wasn't like blist, like, it wasn't like blistering dialogue, you know? like Right, it, was, it wasn't. But I think that, that that's actually a question the, I have for you. Why... Do you like political thrillers and, and political dramas so much when you're not really into politics? Well, it's like I said earlier, I think it's more so like the nonfiction aspect of it. Like, I, I enjoy political thrillers when they are showcasing, like, seminal moments in history. Right, but you're, you hate talking about politics. You don't really follow anything with politics. True. You, you, you're not... Like I had to I get mail. I had to get ballots in the mail just to make sure you vote. It's the reporter and journalist in me because I'll, most of the time it's all revolving around 
somebody trying to get a story of spotlight. The media. All the president's men. The media aspect. The media aspect of it, I think, is more so what I prefer. A movie like this or, you know, The Manchurian Candidate. I've never seen the original, but, like, the remake, I wasn't, like, a huge fan of. Those kind of things, like, I remember I saw The Interpreter in theaters on a shitty date in high school. And, like, I, you know, it wasn't for me. So I think more so, not so much political thrillers, but, like, journalism like the journalistic take on the journalistic them. take on them, I think, is more so okay. what I enjoy. Okay. Yeah, that's probably the, the right thing. So my score is a six. Your expectation was a seven and a half. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think it was good. Um, I mean, I think I, th- I think it was good. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I wasn't like you said. It wasn't blistering dialogue. It wasn't like I wasn't on the edge of my seat during this movie. But I could tell it's a good movie. I can appreciate all mm-hmm. of those things and. Um, you know, I've said that on other podcasts before, and I may not enjoy it, but I like this movie. I think it was it was good. Um, so I'm going to give it a seven. So a seven. six and a half, I think, is a fair score yeah. for this. I would never have to see this again. Yeah. It's another thing I'm starting to I mean, kind of base my score on is, like, rewatchability. Like, I would never have to watch this again. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm I wouldn't straight. have to. I, if but I mean, this I would will. be a movie I would pass if it were on cable. I would be like, I'm not going to put that on to, to in the background Late noise. Late night cable? That's a different kind of eye. It's a march, you know what I mean? The guys of march, where they just march in and they all take turns on the same person. As long as it's George Clooney and Ryan Gosling, I'm okay. No, it's George Pooney and, <laughs> and uh, um, Ryan Assling. That's bad. That wouldn't be it. I got nothing else. What would Ryan Gosling's poor name be? Ryan Gosling? Good point. Go in the box. Draw our next movie. You draw it. No, I, I drew the Ides of March. You did? Yes, I, I thought did. I did. We somehow oh. got on the cycle where, like, each one of us is drawing and nominating at the same time, so we need to kind of switch it up. What are you hoping for? Just one movie. <laughs> I don't want, like, multiple things. Okay. Oh, God, okay. What? Uh, I guess this is an appropriate Halloween-ish movie, I guess. I don't know. What is it? This is one of Tatiana, fan of the show, one of Tatiana's favorite movies, Clockwork Orange. Yet yeah, one of my favorite movies is this a Clockwork is, Orange. This is one of Samantha's most questionable movies. What is that? You've never seen it before? Oh, I've seen it before. I, I've seen it before. I've watched I it with my mother. and uh, fucking love Clockwork So does my Orange. mom. It's, it's a really hard movie to watch. Oh, yeah, me. it is. It's very, very hard movie to watch. It's an incredibly so. hard movie to watch. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, I think we'll wait until the hurricane's over because this is going to rip our whole roof off if anything, you know, Blech. as an indication. Oh, I got chills. Yeah. Okay. Um, hell yeah. I will take that. Cool. Clockwork Orange. Um, coming up soon? I don't know. Probably watch that first. No one knows what that is. Yeah, we'll probably have a couple other things on the docket before that one. I'll watch see Clark- how long this hurricane lasts. I'll, I'll watch Clockwork Orange. Anytime. Let's see if our power goes out. Um, Plugs. I know what I'm doing. Excuse me. Alrighty. Thank That's you so much for, for listening. Show? Yes, I know. I got it. Hush up at your face. Thank you for listening this week. Thank, thank you. Thank you for listening. I'm wearing my tongue top and my fun up. Dark off from hot topic. Now you woke her up. We're tied at one piece. She's asleep. She's still sleeping. 
sounds like she's having a nightmare about me doing that voice. <laughs> she is. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Married with Movies. We encourage you, as always, check us out, arcadeaudio.net, for this podcast and all the other ones in our network of shows. Please subscribe to all of them on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Play for ours. Subscribe so you get your podcast your podcast your podcast automatically every single Thursday um, leave us a review helps us out very very much um, marriedwithmovies at gmail.com let us know what you think of the show at marriedwmovies on twitter facebook.com slash marriedwithmovies and of course uh, less than two weeks away arcadeaudio.net slash podslam for uh, tickets donations to Condor's Cure benefiting pediatric cancer research through WWE and the V Foundation. Help us crush our goal of $3,500. If we get to $5,000, I'm shaving my head. Also, the Heels and Heels are um, one of our sister podcasts on Arcade Audio. They have been generous enough again this year to match donations up to $500. Listen to their podcast. They're going to give you a, um, a code word. You put that in the comment section of your donation. They're going to match whatever you donate. Again, up to $500. And also, if we reach a certain dollar amount, I believe they have like five dollars and $10,000 limits as well. They have uh, hair colors and tattoos on the line as well. So that's also, we, got, we could have some weird hair colors. We could have no hair. We could have tattoos. It's all for a good cause, all for Connor's Cure. So make sure to do that after you're done listening or while you're listening. You can multitask. Do multiple things at once. Yeah. Anything else? No. You ready for the storm tomorrow? I'll we'll probably be recording in the middle of it, hopefully. Hopefully we'll have power. Hopefully we'll have power. Hopefully we'll lose power for multiple days. Don't even say that. I've been through it. I had no power for a week. Senior year of high school. It was wonderful. I'm 17 years old, running around my fucking underwear because it's hot. With my parents in the room. It was hot. If that happens, we're going to a hotel that has power. There's going to be nobody that has power. And we're not going to get on the road. We'll be fine. We got that fan upstairs. Oh, because we can't use it because it's fucking bad. I did that same exact goddamn fucking thing when my work lost power this past week. Even before all the storms, just on Monday, the plaza lost fucking power. And my phone was dying. I'm like, shit, I have to call all these people and notify them. Let me plug my phone in and get some battery charged. And everyone's like, are you fucking dumb? I'm like, oh, yeah, shit, we have no power. I don't know why I, I'm just a fucking dolt when it comes to things like that. That's also why I can't do fucking politics. Yeah, actually, you're a dolt. Actually, no, that's, that in all honesty, is half the reason why I should do it. Ooh, relevant. Have I ever choked on a pretzel and almost died? Yes. When? You weren't, you have no proof of that. Let me call Adrian. That was gravy. <laughs> you go to me. My point exactly. For Mullet. This is Mullet. Signing out for Married with Movies. I'll catch you next time on the couch. Slash the movies. I should explain that, but I won't. Just use your imaginations. Or don't. Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.